Welcome to Full Rigor, a Florida true crime podcast. I'm Karen Curtis. Welcome back. This week, we're going to talk about a crazy Florida family. It's kind of a blended family. It's like a second wife involved with a doctor who's got lots of money, you know. His patients loved him. He was just a wonderful guy who would do anything for anyone. He is Dr. Stephen Schwartz, or should I say, was. He had a thriving practice as a kidney specialist in Tarpon Springs, Florida. That's near Tampa. His oldest son with his first wife, Carter, was following in his footsteps as a medical doctor. Dad was always a role model to me. If I could be half the physician he was, that would be a successful life. Dr. Schwartz was very rich. He had his medical practice, which was thriving. And then he had a lot of real estate ventures, including rentals. So he had amassed about 30 to $40 million. Not as rich as Kim Kardashian, but he had bank. And his second wife, Rebecca, or we'll call her Becky, with the good hair, really enjoyed the life they had together. Here's how Dr. Schwartz kept her happy in his own words. When things get rough, and they will get rough, just remember this. Yes, dear. (laughs) Uh, Yes, honey. Yes, darling. Becky and Dr. Schwartz met in the 1990s through a dating service and didn't marry until 2012, but she took Dr. Schwartz's last name well before they were married. Very strange. Becky had two sons of her own from a previous marriage, and they sort of got along with Steve's kids, according to Carter, his son, who said that he and the two siblings learned to coexist with Becky's kids. Apparently, Becky's son, Ben, had some drug issues. According to Carter, in 2011, Ben was arrested and convicted of stealing jewelry from the Schwartz home so he could feed his drug habit. Carter says he often needed money. Now, even the couple's longtime builder and handyman, Leo Straja, loved Dr. Schwartz. I love Dr. Schwartz. I became really close with the family. But in May of 2014, the good doctor was shot, strangled, and stabbed to death in his own home in what appeared to be a burglary gone wrong. On the evening of May 28, 2014, Becky Schwartz returned home from work and discovered that her home had been ransacked. Tarpon Springs Police, can I help you? Hi, somebody. I just walked into my house and... Um, somebody robbed my house. Okay, can you go back outside for me? Yes, sir. Okay, I'm going to stay on the phone with you, okay? Okay, I've got my dog, so I just keep them in the bedroom? Yeah. <sighs> so when you entered the house, it was just your bedroom that was kind of destroyed? Well, that's the only place I've been in. Okay. I, mean, I, I walked in and dropped my purse, and I have a go bag of food, and, and had laundry in my hand, and walked in the bathroom into the closet. All the doors were open, and I was like, what? I have two dogs. Okay. And they followed me back into the bedroom, and I just closed the door and walked back out to the front. I have a brown Brazilian Mastiff and a black Labrador Retriever. Fairly large dogs. We locked them up in our bedroom. They okay. were in the bedroom when I got home. You know, I opened up the bedroom door and they had a tendency to want to poop on the rug. Okay. And I leave. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can hear my little dogs and they're whining. Yeah. Oh, Mickey, why did you let me out for a brief moment? Okay. And I had a lot of cash. It's gone. Okay. And some of my jewelry's gone. So kind of a bizarre 911 call. She seems a little nonchalant about it, and she's not looking for her husband. She said she left her home at 8 o'clock in the morning to go to work, and at that time, she said that Stephen was alive. 
So when she got home from work, she never discovered his body. She just saw the house had been robbed. So did Becky kill her husband? I see a couple who really enjoyed being together. Rebecca Schwartz had a wonderful life with her husband. But some say Becky liked money more than her husband. Money, money. She is into money like you and I are into breathing air. It all points to her. She probably wasn't the one who pulled the trigger, but she was behind it all. Apparently, Becky spoiled herself and her sons with the money earned by her doctor husband. She paid for their weddings, bought them homes, cars, clothing, and of course, jewelry for herself. One for you, three for me. And she even bought her son Eric a Verizon store, which he's still running in Wisconsin. And apparently, Becky is a tough cookie. Right after her husband was killed, she fired her friends, April Cox and Patrick Olive, who helped her manage the family's properties. It was really abrupt and quite cold. Also, Becky and Leo reportedly had a personal relationship. He was her right-hand man, and Dr. Swartz's children believe the two conspired to kill Stephen. So here's Leo explaining what happened in the early morning hours of May 28, 2014. I got up about 7 a.m. When I woke up, I got a little coffee. I went outside, smoked a cigarette. Then Rebecca pulls on her white Mercedes in my house. She said, come here, come here. It opened the window. and uh, I went there, and I, I, she said, I need a big favor from you. I said, what you need? Can you go to the house? She said, I forgot my bag. I had a big fight. Actually, not a big fight. She said, little fight or something, something like that. She said, okay, jump in the car. I said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go and grab it. And uh, I jumped in the car. Her son, Eric, lives about probably half mile from my house. And she said, okay, I'm going to wait at Eric's, and you, you go and get the bag and come. All right. When I pulled at Eric's, she had the garage door open, and she said, take my daughter's-in-law, Angelina's car. Okay, I, I jumped in the car, went there straight to the house. It's about probably 25 minutes drive from there to, the, to their house. And they said, how am I going to get in the house? I didn't have her key. She said, the garage, I left the garage open. I, okay, I'll go there, open the door from the garage to go in the hallway. When I opened the door of the hallway, I, I, I seen the body facing the wall. When I see blood, then I, then I left, and then I was, I was in shock. You know? At first, I couldn't see the, 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 the blood. He was in his side. He was in his side facing the wall, and the stairs was on, on my left. I was scared. I was scared to lose everything I built for 16 years. I mean, I was scared I'm, I'm, they're going to get me anyway. I said, okay, I'm, I'm on the scene. i never been arrested in my life before. i never been in crime scenes before. I mean, I know I regret it all my life. I mean, I wish I can go back in time and call the police that day. I mean. Instead of calling 911, he runs upstairs and gets a bag that has a knife and some of Becky's jewelry inside of it. I go back to the, her son's house. I said, what did you do right away? I said, what the hell did you do? And she said, you know why I did it. I remember very well when she said, you involved as much as I am now. And if you say anything, you're never going to see a house or you're never going to see a penny or you know, 
I mean, it was, I couldn't, I... So according to Leo, when he returned and gave Becky the bag, she already knew Stephen was dead. He did not tell her he was dead. He asked, what did you do? So then you have the 911 call where she returns home from work and doesn't even mention that there's a body, doesn't even look for her husband. She's laughing that the dogs need to poop. Woof. And one theory is that Leo thought that Dr. Schwartz was going to retire. He was in his 70s, and Leo thought he'd be left high and dry. And if Dr. Schwartz was out of the picture, maybe Becky would keep him on. And he certainly maintains he is not a hitman. They're accusing me to be a hitman, but I'm not a hitman. When police came and searched my house, they found four different guns. Sniper, laser grip, 45, Kimber, Glocks. I'm a hunter. I hunt, so I had guns in my house, shotguns, all that. You think I'll go and, you know, if I was a hit man, I'll go and beat somebody to death and strangle him and cut him or whatever they, they did? I mean... He said it wasn't a professional hit. No, that was a hate crime, in my opinion. Somebody wanted revenge on him. I admit I, I did a few mistakes, but I never killed a man. Eventually, Leo Straja was charged with first-degree murder because they found his DNA on Dr. Schwartz's bloody clothes. Leo says it got there because he found the body when he went back to the house to get the bag for Becky. He still maintains that he did not kill Dr. Schwartz. So was Dr. Schwartz's murder a botched robbery or a hit? Well, apparently... The successful Dr. Stephen Schwartz had some pretty wicked skeletons in his closet. Could they have something to do with his murder? Stephen had a dark side to him, a mystery side. Stephen committed a murder, I know, because I was there. What? That's Stephen's former high school friend and football star, Philip Dyer. So, according to him, the murder victim was a murderer when he was younger. Dyer says that on the day before Thanksgiving in 1961, 50 years ago in New Mexico, when Stephen Schwartz was just 19, fresh out of high school, he did something heinous, took another life for money. Apparently, young Stephen had a gambling problem and he needed to get himself out of a financial bind. So, Dyer says that his friend recruited him to drive to and from a dentist's office who was known to carry at least $1,000 cash on him. Well, Dyer wasn't even sure that Swartz was going to go through with it until he pulled out a gun. Dyer says he saw the weapon, told Stephen he didn't want anything to do with the crime, and that he was leaving. So he walked away, but Schwartz went ahead. But the robbery of Dr. Cook apparently went terribly wrong. Remember, he's 19, and he walks into the dentist's office, and he's confronted by the dentist, and he shoots him right between the eyes. Dead. Headshot. So, of course, he's arrested and put in jail, but the governor of New Mexico sees his story on a Scared Straight episode and thinks the kid has potential. He commutes his sentence, and he was able to head off to Italy get his medical license, and rack up a $40 million fortune and a wonderful life here in Florida. How does karma work for this family? Well, Becky was considered a suspect in the murder of her husband, according to the homicide investigation documents, but she was never charged with anything having to do with his murder. Instead, she cashed out, 
sold her dead husband's medical practice and all of his properties, and moved to Wisconsin to be near her son, Eric. Remember, she bought him that Verizon store. And while living in the little tiny snowbound town of Winnicon, Wisconsin, Becky befriended a woman named Meredith, and the two were fast buddies. I remember after meeting Becky for the first time in her home that she was just a very nice lady who had a tragic story. I had great empathy for her and for what she had been through. She said that previous year that her husband was murdered and we were just astonished and said, oh my gosh, you know, how how horrible. And she said, yeah, it was in their home. It was a house uh, invasion type thing that her husband was murdered. And we said, well, you know, is anybody arrested or anything? And at the time she said that they thought the handyman did it. They actually investigated me and cleared me of all charges. And we let it go at that. I mean, we absolutely believed everything that she said. I had no reason to doubt her or to have any disbelief in what she was telling us. They were together every day. They vacationed in Florida together. They went out on Becky's boat, which is named, get this, Exit Strategy. And though as time went on, Meredith felt Becky was becoming a little too close to her husband. Maybe that's how she was staying warm in Winnicon, Wisconsin. Her husband is 16 years younger than Becky. And one morning, Meredith's husband got out of the shower and proclaimed, I'm leaving you and I'm moving into Becky's house. (laughs) Now I feel like that I was a victim of Becky Schwartz and her ulterior motive for greed. I felt like that she... Uh, fell in love with my family. She loved my children. She ultimately now loves my husband. And she stole from me everything that I had. My husband left and then he moved in with her. And my whole world has been not the same. So her husband is gone. Her best friend has betrayed her. And then insult to injury, her teenage daughter also moves in with Becky because Becky apparently showered them both with attention and gifts. I felt like after my husband left me that I was replaced, virtually replaced. Um, In my 13-year-old's world, I was no longer a consideration. I knew that she and Becky had a very close relationship, and even before my husband left me, my youngest daughter would often tell me that Becky was her best friend. This woman is still raising my child. Um, She's 13, and... Uh, My two older children are of an age where they can make their own decisions, and they are now learning who Becky is and are cautious. So this is not over for me at all. I'm fighting for my daughter. It's the reason I'm doing this story. I want my daughter to see not only my story and my knowledge of what I now know, but I want her to see the toll that Becky has taken on so many other lives. She actually bought a new family, Meredith's family, with her dead husband's money. And according to Meredith, she says, I think I was preyed on by the most calculated, malicious, vindictive, pathological liar of a woman I've ever met in my entire life. In fact, Meredith got so depressed, she tried to kill herself. Apparently, she swallowed a handful of pills, and as she was lying, recovering in her hospital bed, she got a surprise visitor, Becky. 
And according to a video deposition conducted by attorneys in her wrongful death lawsuit, Becky allegedly came to deliver a cruel message. The deposition attorney says she walked over to Meredith, leaned down, and whispered in her ear, I wish you would have died. It's it's despicable. For me, Becky Schwartz is a woman who is calculated and knows exactly her next step. She is not afraid to lie. She's a pathological liar. She is not one to be trusted. She has no regard for what the damage is from her path. That's audio courtesy of 48 Hours. But wait, it gets even worse. Get this. After Becky's two-year-old son Christopher was killed by a drunk driver in a tragic car accident almost 30 years ago, she went to work for MAD, Mothers Against Drunk Driving, and believe it or not, Becky was convicted of a felony for embezzling $12,000 from Mothers Against Drunk Driving, and she used the money to buy a car and a boat for herself. Maybe it was the exit strategy. I don't know. I mean, what kind of person does that? She didn't even get jail time. She got five years probation, and of course she had to pay back the money, but she has no moral compass. So what about karma for this woman? She's still living there in Winnicon, Wisconsin, near her son, Eric, and her attorneys are uncertain what her future holds. Police are not talking because the case is still open. Meanwhile, while Becky's jetting around with her family from Wisconsin to Florida and back and probably going out on her boat exit strategy, Leo Straja is still awaiting trial. He doesn't want to use a public defender because he thinks that the representation is inadequate, so his family from his native country of Albania is sending him money so he can get his own defense attorney. So currently, Leo Straja is in jail and charged with the murder of Dr. Stephen Schwartz. But did his wife, his second wife, Becky, have anything to do with it? I mean, she's the felon. Leo had no criminal record. And remember that even Dr. Schwartz's kids didn't know that he had committed a murder in his past life when he was younger. So maybe that had something to do with his death. What a crazy story, right? I mean, my God. But I'll keep you up to date and be sure to check out last week's podcast where I have quarterback Jameis Winston going from being accused of rape to being a saint. Well, a New Orleans saint. Tee-hee. Well, that wraps up Full Rigor for this week. Remember to subscribe, download, and give me five stars. Check me out on Instagram at Full Rigor Podcast. Until next time, thanks for joining me. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.